So simple, yet so powerful. Jesus loves you. Doesn't really have the impact in today's culture like whoever came up with the one-liner probably had in mind. Jesus loves you. It's kind of like, what do you want from me? Someone comes up and says, hey, man, Jesus loves you. Why do you want my money? Why? You, okay, I'm a sinner. It's like it has a stigma in our culture, right? But when you get down to the simplicity of the gospel, it starts with simple things. Love. It all boils down to love. And if we don't understand how to love people and what love is versus cultural alternatives that use the term love, we might stumble. Before we get going, uh, this is the first Sunday my wife has ever missed. And she does so much, I was a little, oh, God, please, Lord, what do I do this morning? My wife's not here. Let's give it up for Michelle. She's never missed in over a year when we've had service. The only one with that record was me. And the only time I missed because I crashed a car and we had some snow. And, but we all canceled service. But she took my boys to a wrestling tournament. It's their last one of the year, and we don't usually do it on Sundays, but it was their last chance to get, get gold. Well, Colton, if he can just get a win, we'll be happy. We're not even worried about medals for him. But Caleb, we're hoping he gets him first place. And just, just you know, as a learning experience for the next year. But last night, we went to a friend of ours church in Peebley, Missouri. It's Victory Church in Peebley, Missouri. And we want to give a shout-out to Pastor Dan and Paige Lord, Pastor Ron and Christy. When I thought about this morning's sermon, I thought there is no greater introduction on love than what we felt last night. These people took us in as their own. I've only met them once. They took us in as their own from start to finish. It was royal treatment, hospitality galore. It was so great that I almost couldn't handle it. I'm like, hey, I'm good. I'm low maintenance. But they made me feel so special. You know why? Because they loved us like their own flesh and blood. We've had coffee one time. That's the second encounter was that. So Victory Church, if you're ever down in Peebley, it's an awesome, thriving, growing church. Pastor Dan just took the church January, and we will go back on Saturdays because it's awesome, and they have some cool kid stuff, and they had a foosball table. And the kids want to go back. I said, you guys want to go here for Sunday school? And Daddy was preaching at our church. Yeah, that's okay. We'll do that. I said, what? You going to leave me? You going to leave me on Sunday mornings to go to this church? No, you got to. We'll go on Saturdays. We'll get a foosball table sooner or later. But the common denominator of what my wife's been doing and what that experience was like was love. A simple message, but a valuable one. And if we don't grasp the simple, we will never grasp the complicated. We don't start with calculus. We start with addition, subtraction. And sometimes, even when you know calculus, it's good to go back and remember how to do addition and subtraction because you can forget. You can get used to doing things so complicated, you miss the value in the simple. You know the KISS principle? Keep it simple, silly. No, that's not how it goes. Anybody know the KISS principle? Sean knows the KISS principle. Jim knows the KISS principle. Nick? Oh, I thought you said, yeah, I was about to follow. Lord have mercy. Nick knows the KISS principle. 
Just kidding, Nick. But when I think of love, I think of when my children were born. I think of things that I couldn't buy. I think of things that had my heart so strong, there was nothing they could give me back, even though they did by their presence. None of the things I bought with money, which I'll admit I've had a spending problem in my life, better now that I'm 4-0, none of those things have ever brought the joy that the day my first child was born, who puked, pooped her pants, choked. I was afraid I'd drop her in her sleep in the hospital. I mean, all these horrible things, except nothing fulfilled that kind of love except her and then my other children. It's a deeper kind of love. It's a love so deep that you would lay down your life without even thinking about it. You wouldn't think, I wouldn't think about, well, do I want to give, give myself up for my daughter? If my daughter was in danger, it's instinct. It's, it's fight or flight. It's the lion comes out of the, of the lamb. I don't think about it. That's a deep kind of love. It's a love that doesn't have barriers. It's a love that isn't conditional, doesn't have limitations. It's unconditional. And love nowadays is such a generic term. Everybody loves each other. Love you, man. Love you, man. Love you, bro. I do it. I do it. Love you, bro. But when you get down to it, it's so generic and in, used in many different ways in today's society. And what do we really love? If we stop and think about it, what do I love? Who do we love? Why do we love? Is something we all partake in to some degree, but how often do we consciously analyze where our love lives? It may be possible our greatest days are yet to be seen because of a limitation of love. Is love at the center of your life, or is it second place to other objectives? And initiatives, and you might even call them love. But is it love? Where does your love live? If we go to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 34 through 40, Jesus gets them together here. He always does with the most simplest and eloquent, profound things. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. They didn't like that Jesus was smooth. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love, everybody say it, love the Lord, your God. Is he your God? He is. Then if he's your God, the first commandment is you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. When you break it down, that's a lot of love. I don't know if I gave that much love to Jesus. I don't know if I gave that much love to anybody, even myself. We have to love, each other, love ourselves, too. But all is like, it's not, it doesn't waver. It's everything. It's everything you do. It's out of love, and it's all. It's all in. It's all cards in. It's the whole deck. It's the whole, it's the whole stack of chips. Potato chips. 
This is the first and great commandment. And the second one is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know about you, but we've all had those neighbors that love was a harsh word. Even like might have been challenging at times. We used to make a joke, my brother and I, we all, you know, we always got that one neighbor who, who, who when you see him, you know, you hit the garage door. You run, you just, oh, you didn't see him. We would never do that. Never. Except a couple times, the past five years. No, I'm kidding. Love your neighbor like yourself. This is the second. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Love, the na- love your neighbor as yourself. That's a lot of love. And that's number one and two. It didn't say treat people good. It didn't say get a good job. It didn't say um, do a lot of works. It didn't say all those things. It said love first. And there's a reason. There's a reason. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything I have given you, Jesus says, hangs on these two commandments. And if you don't follow these, you're not going to be able to do the calculus. I'm sorry. Sanctification. You can't be sanctified in a foundation that has holes. you got to fix your foundation. And it starts with understanding how to love. That's how you get a good foundation. The title of my message is The Greatest Love. The Greatest Love. Where does your love live? Where does your love live? And I'm not talking about the things you, you think are love. Where does your love live? You know, all, my, my unconditional self. Where does it live? It's a, it's, a, it's a profound question by the Lord that is challenging to answer in the world we live. Well, today we're going to talk about three places love lives, not lust, not infatuation, not all these things. This is where love lives, okay? Three places love lives. And if they don't live here in your life, you might assess and say, maybe they should. Because maybe I'm missing what God is saying right here in the commandments. The first place love lives is love lives without condition. Yeah, I got you there. See, I play on the words. You like how I did that? I played on the words. It's not grammatically correct, but it love lives without condition. I like to play with the words. Makes them stick. It's easy to confuse love with infatuation, obsession, greed, gain, prosperity. It's easy to confuse love with these things, but those all have one common barrier. They're conditional. Love's not. If I'm doing it because of what you're going to do for me, it's not love. I'm sorry. It's not. It may be a good work ethic. It may be good integrity. But if my motive is what is, what is it going to do for me, it's not love. Because love lives without condition. Infatuation, that's an obsession thing. It's not love. It's not based on what you can do for me. We love people without condition because they're part of our lives. Why do we have them if we don't want to love them? We might as well not have them. Because we we're meant to love them like Christ loved Loves us. Love doesn't feel obligated. It desires 
to give. The most joy I've had in my life is when I had the desire to give, and they didn't even know about it. Yesterday, at the church, their desire to give was clearly unconditional love. There was no gain for us to be there. They didn't need us. They didn't need some new guy who wants to preach, wears funny clothes. They didn't need that, but they loved on us unconditionally. It desires. Love desires, and it's without condition. And the greatest moments in your life you will look back and see are the ones that didn't cost you dinero. It didn't cost you money. It didn't cost you things that hurt you. It, 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 it cost you love. That's it. Like when Chloe was born, I mentioned that. My love for her was as deep as the ocean. I remember almost nine. When she was born, we finally had a baby. Felt we, it was only a couple years we tried to have a baby, and we, we felt like it was forever. And, you know, and, then, and then you start fighting with each other, like, why, why, why don't we have the baby yet? It's your fault. No, it's your fault. You know, it's, like, it's like we start bickering, and you start questioning God like Abraham, you know, and, and you go get, you go get, you'll go get the maidservant instead. And we didn't do that, but that's what, that's what they did in the Bible. See, we question God, and, and finally this baby comes along, and my wife comes pouring out of the bathroom at like 7 in the morning, bawling her eyes out. She'd kill me for saying this, but it was the purest expression of love because she knew there was a baby God had put in the womb. And yes, in the womb is a baby at all stages. At conception, this is a child. My God, John, John strolled in the womb. He was there. He leaped for joy when the Christ was near him. It's a baby. And when that baby was there just from a test. We didn't see the baby. We didn't feel the baby yet. All we had was this plastic test that said, positive. Best moment of our life. Better than the house, better than the car, better than the job, better than the Jordans, better than the this, better than the watch, better than the this. It was that. The two, what's a, what's a pregnancy test cost? Two, three bucks? I don't know. It was a Walgreens test. Because we knew what that was. We recognized a deeper love. It's in our DNA to recognize that kind of love. That's why you love your child so strong. It's not even something learned. It's, it's who you are because we were made in his image. We were made to love like that. That's why it's just this, this, uh, radical, uh, this radical affection and, and joy when you have a child. It's, it's in our DNA. And, and when I was holding her that first time, on the thing, I, I remember they give you, they give the man, they give the man this like couch. St. Luke's shout out. Thank you, St. Luke's back hurt for like a week. They give you this blue couch. Oh, hey, you work at St. Luke's, don't you? I'm sorry. <laughs> we got a St. Luke's, St. Luke's employee. Hey, we had all our babies there. Love them. Best ever. This was a long time ago. You probably didn't work there yet. And uh, I was holding the baby, and I remember I wanted to hold the baby, but, you know, they don't want you to hold the baby overnight. And I was afraid that I'd, I kept going in my sleep. Like, I thought I was dropping her in my sleep because of anxiety. So it was just in my mind. But it's because I knew what I was holding was gold. It was not replaceable. That's what love is. It's not replaceable with something material. I knew that I could not replace my child. There's only one Chloe. And, yeah, I had... I had 
what are the names? They're Caleb, uh, Colton. They're all C's. It's complicated. Colton, Kaylee. But there's only one Chloe. They're, they're uniquely their own. And I couldn't replace her. So I held her like gold. And any time I dozed off, I'd, I'd, shake, I'd shake in fear because I didn't want to lose my treasure because I recognized the value of true love. It was without condition. Well, they broke up with me because they thought I was annoying. Well, they didn't love you. Because guess what? When you love people, you stay with them when they're annoying too. Trust me, my wife would have left me a long time ago if it was just for being annoying. That's not love. Because love lives without condition. They left me for someone younger. Well, shame on them. That's lust. It's not love. They're not going to love you till death do us part. And they're not loving you. They didn't love you. They lusted you. Because love has no condition. God has no condition for his children. He has no condition for his bride. He didn't say, if I'll love you then. I'll go to the cross only if you look good, you don't irritate me. Oh, man, he would have left us a long time ago if that was the case. Because look how mankind did to him. From the beginning, all they did was do things he said not to do. Hello, thank you, Israel. Is without condition that God so loved the world that he came and hung on a cross so that we didn't have to, to pay a ransom for crime we were born into. You don't want relationships built on conditions. You want them built on unconditional love. When I was younger, we didn't, I don't, like with my, my friends, we didn't say, love you, man. It's like not cool. It's not manly. We're not talking about like, you know, it's not a, a romantic love. It's a love, a deep expression of the heart, a bond. In love, there's romantic love. There's love for your children. There's love for your heavenly father, your parents. There's, there's the depth of love is so much deeper, deeper than the culture has defined it to be, again, because they don't fully understand what love is. So we're consuming it over time. And if it's not careful, if we're not careful, we don't go back and look at our ABCs of the gospel and look at how are we loving and where does our love live? Well, it lives without condition. That's the first one. Maybe, maybe I'm guilty of that. I've put conditions on people to love them fairly. And if they did it to me, I would crumble like a little child. I couldn't take the kind of conditions I put on people for my love. And then I had to remember, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Christ says, you've done it to me when you've done it to them. And I never did that to you, pastor. But you're putting conditions on them to keep your love. That's not love. Because love lives without condition. The second thing love lives without is limitation. Love lives without limitation. My love doesn't expire if you don't meet this deadline. Well, to a woman's defense, when they're waiting for the man to put a ring on it, I understand. Sometimes they just got to put the ring on it or they got to go. But guess what? If they love you, if they like it, then they're going to put a ring on it. If they love you, they're going to put a ring on it and never leave you. 
if they like it, they might put a ring on it, but they might leave you when you get older, or they might leave you when you get on the nerves. But if they love you, they'll keep a ring on it till death do us part. You with me? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Love lives without limitation. My love doesn't expire. When I got married, I understand their situations. This is not saying you should never, ever separate from a bad marriage. But when we get married, we're forming a union. Our marriage is a reflection of the bride of Christ, the church. Our marriage was designed around God's marriage to his church. So when we think of our marriage, it's to look like God's marriage of his church to, his, to him. So they, they don't, you know, it's like, whoa, that's deep. Well, yeah, that's, that's what marriage is, though. It's, it's a covenant. It's a union between the husband and wife. And when, when, when we took that covenant before the Lord, Michelle and I, you know, it's till death do you part. And I always thought that was stupid. You know why? Because as long as I'm in heaven, I'm going to still love her. She's still going to be my wife. As long as I am consciously aware of it, I love her. Even when I'm dead. I think. I mean, I haven't been there. But if I'm able to love, I'm going to keep loving her. There's no limitation to my love. You know, even people that hurt me, I still love them. People that are out of my life, I still love them. Because when it was love, the love doesn't fade. Sometimes it doesn't work out. You can, you can just not get along with people, but you can still love them in your heart. They don't speak to me. They won't come around me. They don't want nothing to do with me. They, they, they lie to me. They cheat me. They, they, they use me. They abuse me. But I still love them because Christ loved me. I can't, I can't throw that out. What is the greatest of the commandments? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. What is the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. I still love them. Love doesn't have a limitation. It's easy to mix up how we feel emotionally about someone. If we don't feel the emotion, I'm not in love with them no more because I don't feel the butterflies. Well, that goes away like the first six months. Because love is not an emotion. Love is not a feeling. Love is a condition of the heart. And feelings come and go, but love doesn't. Right? And when we confuse feelings, that's where we get into lust and other things that we call love, and it's just not love. God didn't say, well, this day I feel like going to the cross. This day I don't really want to. Depends. Flip a coin. If I show up that day, it's because I felt like going. That's not how it works. It's without condition. It's without limitation. Love your neighbor as yourself. How do you love your neighbors? I can't even tell you some stories. Only a few people in here know I had some bad scenarios with my neighbors years and years ago. It wasn't loving. And, and, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was kind of like, um, the situation wasn't my fault, but it escalated into something that I was ashamed of ever since. It wasn't loving my neighbor. So it's, it's good to, to ask yourself that. If you compare, what have you done for me, and then I'll do it for you, again, here comes a condition it's not love. If I'm tired of you and I'm no longer loving you, it wasn't love to begin with. Matthew 7:12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. 
for this is the law and the prophets. You see a theme here? You see a theme? I mean, I know everybody just wakes up and says, what can I do for my neighbor? I don't do that. Who, who does that? Anybody? It's kind of quiet. Listen, we all fall short of the glory of God, but what's important is that we think about these things. How can we bless our neighbor? Yeah, you got you to gotta go to work. You got to do your thing. But how can I bless my neighbor? How can I love my neighbor? What can I do to be selfless and less selfish? What can I do? Love, do unto men. My dad always said, do unto others if you had them do unto you. He's right. You want to be treated good? Treat people good. You want respect? Respect people. You want joy? Show joy to people. You want love? Love people. When you meet, when you meet those grouchy people, you know like Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street? You guys know Oscar? He lives in a trash can. I mean... Wouldn't you be a little crabby too? The, the guy, he's green and he's not cute. He's not like, uh, what's it, Alfonso? No, what's the, what's the blue? What's the blue skinny one? No, oh, the skinny one. Grover, yeah. He's not like Grover or Elmo. Hey, you know, he's the Tickle Me Elmo. He was the devil, though, just might I add. Back when the Tickle Me Elmo was just going crazy. Just get that thing out of here. eBay, scalp that thing, $1,000. Anyway. But he lives in a trash can. Why am I talking about Oscar the Grouch? Oh, because deep down, Oscar, he wants a hug, okay? He wants a hug. People that are jerks to you, it's because deep down they're hurt. If you peel back the layers, and sometimes it's really thick, and you got to get more than a butter knife to break that puppy open and break through the calluses, it's because deep down there there's still a heart, and they really just want to be loved. The child is still in there that came out pure, but they've been contaminated by the world's hurt and pain, and they've buried the love so deep that they look like an outcast of the world, but really they just want to be loved. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what that is. I had a, um, we go down the lake, we have a condo at the lake, and I, we got this garage, and everybody has a garage. <clears throat> and one day I was too far over with my car in front of the next garage. And the gentleman's name, doesn't matter. The gentleman came in strong, man, never met the guy. Hey, can you, can you not park there? Blah, 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 blah. He's just going on. I'm like, who, who are you? Do I know you? Is it my garage? You walked in my garage. Do I know you? Well, I immediately knew, this is right before we started the church, I immediately knew, oh, let, let, let my matter add, he was a retired pastor. That was scary. I said, this guy's got some baggage. I immediately knew he was lonely and he was looking for love. So I was, I was trying to be patient because the guy was ice cold, man. He was like one of those that would kind of push you, trying to, trying to set you off. You know what I mean? He, he knows how to do that. And that's what the devil wants. He's going to use people to try to set you off so you don't have to love them. I don't need to love them because look what they did to me. But I knew that was the devil's game. And I said, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'll, um, I'll move the car. And uh, he saw something in the garage, sparked a conversation. I ended up talking to him for like 45 minutes. And by the end of the conversation, he said, hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. It broke my heart. He was, he was in his 70s. But... The guy was a good man. He had a good heart. He just had a lot of damage around his heart from years 
of pain and hurt, and you can penetrate. I'm telling you, when, you, when someone's a jerk to you, if you love on them and just keep being nice, you will, you will be amazed how quickly they break. First, they'll be bothered. They won't like you. They, why, why are you doing that to me? They can't stand it. The demons tremble when the spirit of the Lord is present, and they can't, they can't handle it. But once you keep on, you keep on, man. The demons flee over the cliff. They don't like it. They flee, and they will break, and they will just all of a sudden, you're the best friend. Now, maybe that's not a good thing. You don't want to be best friends sometimes. You want to get away. You, know, you want to shut your garage sometimes. It's okay, but you get the point. The boundaries of my love are the same boundaries I'll receive from others. What boundaries I place on my love are the boundaries I'm going to get. It's easy to mix it up with our emotions. Be first. My new neighbor that moved, I need to go up to him and introduce myself. We got a new neighbor. I need to just go introduce myself. Say, hey, how are you doing? Can we, can we bring you some brownies? No, I don't, I don't make them. I just want to know if you want some. I'll find some. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be fancy. Be first with God's love. You want to see people see the love of God and not church, not religious? Be first. Show love. People are tired of religion. They want love. They want Christ. They don't want more religion. Kelly, snow. Thank you. Did Jesus put a limit on his love for you? If he did, what would have happened? We'd have to earn his favor and his grace if he put a limit on his love. How many are thankful that Christ died anyway? We can't earn it. He didn't put a limit on his love for you, just like my child being born. There's no limit to the love of Christ. That's foolish because God is love. You look up the real dictionary, not Webster. Love equals Jesus Christ. That is the definition of love. And Christ was the manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord that dwelt among us. We beheld his glory and knew him not and hung him on a tree, crucified him. That's love. There's no greater love, the Bible says, than to lay down your love for a friend. He didn't send someone. He came. God says, I'm going to do it because there's no greater love than to lay down your own life for a friend. Well, God's a spirit, so I'm going to make myself a body, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to be born of a woman. And so they're going to call me son because I, have a, I am the fruit of time and space through the birth process. And I'm going to die for them because I love them so much. I wouldn't even think twice about dying for Chloe. I wouldn't think twice about dying on the cross, says the Lord. It's who I am. You can't put boundaries around what is. It just is. It's all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. In the last place that love lives today is at the center of your provision or supply. Provision is supply. Where is your supply? If it's in the Lord, it's at the center. That's what you're going to find love is Jesus. Jesus is your supply. Remember we talked about he is the vine, we are the branches. We don't have a good vine, we dry up. Jesus is your supply and your love lives at the center of your provision. My supply is Jesus. And because of his love for me, he will provide what I need. Amen?
Come on, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's okay to give thanks to the Lord because he really died. There was really a flesh that was tortured on a cross. Just because we forgot about it and didn't feel it in person doesn't mean it didn't happen. It really happened. So it's okay to be affectionate for the Lord and to be excited for God because we can become complacent and detached from the process and become religious people, but we have forgotten to be followers of the Lord Jesus, which is what this is about. Love lives at the center of your provision. That's Jesus. Love lives in Jesus. Jesus is my supply. And if he's not, you need a new supplier. Where would I be without Jesus? I think we all can, can, can say that. You know, you know, it's like, um, you know, you ever bless someone anonymously? You didn't know they blessed. You, you know you got blessed, but you didn't know by who. But they knew who. And they say, I don't need you to know I did it because I love you without condition, without limitation. And I am unconditional in my supply for you. That's what Jesus does. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to put it all over Facebook. Jesus died for me. Yay. He says, I don't need that because I did it unconditional. I did it because I love you. Not for what you can give me attention for. That's not love. That's fear. My supply is Jesus. And where would I be? Speaking to myself here. Where would I be without Jesus? Well, I'd be dead from my crash last. That's one, that's one place I'd be. Or I'd be dead from all the road rage incidents I had when I was a kid because I was a sarcastic, hype, uh, hot-headed teenager who would drive crazy. And there was so many close calls. I thought, man, I could have died right then. I, I guess I didn't. And I'd do it again. Where would I be without Jesus? Why did you spare me, Lord? Because I love you. I love you without condition. Because I have a plan for you, Mike. I love you. Jesus says, I love you. I am, I am paving the path. And when you walk in my supply, I will keep you going down the path. But when you stray, you will become prey to the world. And I don't want that to happen to you. So you have to be under my canopy of love and protection and my supply. And you have to live all in it. I don't care what the world says. It looks good. That's not it. This is it. All your heart, all your mind, all your sword, all your soul. He supplies my need when I was lost and when I was found. He continues. When I was lost in the world and didn't even serve a God, he still loved me. He still loved me before I knew his love for me. That's love, like the baby. He knew. Chloe didn't know her daddy loved her, but I did. Doesn't change the love because we're not recognizing it's there. It always was and will always be. It's eternal. The love of God is eternal. We could have never loved anybody if he didn't love us first because everything we're able to do is from his traits. We were made in his image. Even as sinners, we were made out of the image of God. The blueprint was to be like this, but we fell short. Thanks, Adam and Eve. We fell short. The blueprint was to look like this, though, says God. So 
I, I know they ate the fruit. I know they, I know they served the golden calf. I know they climbed the Tower of Babel. I know they keep, they keep doing all these things. I know they got issues in the church, and I know they, they've changed what I said. They've changed what I said. They changed my word, and they call it my word, and it's their word. They've changed it all, but I still love them, and as long as they keep coming back to the flock, I will continue to love them and show them. I will love them no matter what, but as, as long as they continue to come back, I will guide them. My ability to love came from my creator. That's why we can't figure out love. It's so, it's so deep, you know. How do we figure out love? It's, we can't. God is spiritual. And we believe God can do supernatural things, but when we believe something supernatural can happen to us, we say, that's weird. That can't happen. Do we not believe God can do supernatural things if he created the heavens and the earth, right? We believe he can do supernatural things to us, and we compromise the word. We compromise the Bible because it's not cool in culture. We do all these things, and then we miss the basics because he's saying, you're changing what I said. Let's go back to the basics. Love the Lord, our God, with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Love, the neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. And there's more. But he says, get that in here, and the rest will just be like butter, baby. You won't have to think because it's who I am, and I put it in you. I will put it in you. Where does your love live this morning? As you walk out and you forget about this message, and I understand. I can't remember message last week. I have to go look it up because my brain's like, but when you leave, remind yourself, where does my love live? On Tuesday, when you're frustrated again, you're back to the same old thing. Say, where does my love live? Because my habits stem off. Everything I have in my life stems off that core principle. When I choose to give away the love I've been given, there's no greater joy. Yeah, giving is weird. But when you give, there's joy. At Christmas when I was a kid, present, present, present. I couldn't wait for my presents. As a man, I hate presents. I hate getting presents. One, because I don't need anything. But something happened in my mind as I grew into a child of the Lord, into a man of God, into, into these things. I learned that the joy was in, in giving it to someone. And he gives you more because he's your supply. Just because you give it doesn't mean he's going to leave you orphaned. We think if we give it, we're going to be orphaned with what we need. God says, hello, I'm your supplier. My vine doesn't run dry, but you keep taking the reins. You won't give because you're afraid I won't give. That's a lack of faith. I love you. I'm your supply. I'm your provision. I got what you need. So if you do what I say and you, you abide by my, my word, I got you. You will not run dry. Obeying the greatest commandments reaps the greatest blessings. When you wonder why their life's so good, and there's going to be stumbling blocks even if with the most devoted followers of Christ, but overall, their life will be good. They will find fulfillment even in the sweat and tears and pain. They will find joy because they have given, and God will continue to supply more because he knows he can use them. He can trust them. He can use them faithfully to do his work without question. They won't stray from him. He knows, like Job, I got them. They, they know what's going down, so I can do everything to him, and he will come back, so I know now I can make him more, uh, use him more in my kingdom. My source is Jesus, and where Jesus is, there is love. He is love. When I show it, I show Jesus. When I give it, guess what you're giving? 
Jesus. You're giving Jesus to people when you give true love. When you give this love. When you give that other stuff, that's not Jesus. Don't deceive yourselves. Don't have the wool pulled over your eyes like the devil wants. Be fresh in the word. If y'all could stand with me as we close this morning on a message so deep but simple. And where does our love live? You've been settling for lust, but you're craving love. You've been giving all your love maybe to the wrong people. Your love was pure, but they weren't the one God planned in your life. Perhaps they didn't receive your love. Sometimes you can give your love and people won't receive it, and they go astray. You can't control other people, but you have to stay in the word. You can't stray from what the word says. You can't stop loving them because they're not loving you right. It's not right. It's not the word of God. It's, that's the word of man. And so then other things are going to trickle through that process, and you're going to start losing the word in your walk when you compromise those little details like, like so. When I choose to love God and continue loving without bias and without condition, God is going to flow through me on another level. When I understand the love and depth of God, God is now going to grow me. He's going to grow out of me. Things are going to change. I'm going to elevate my spiritual walk in the sanctification process because God has a plan, but he needs you to understand how to love to get there. When you get that, you'll, you'll recognize his love. And when you recognize that depth of love, It'll bring you to your knees. I don't care who you are. When you recognize that depth of love, it will bring you to your knees, whether it's in a church, whether it's in your closet, whether it's in your bedroom, whether it's in your car, whether it's on the pavement. It will bring you to your knees when you recognize that moment when Jesus hung on that cross and he's looking down at you and he says, I did this for you. I did it for them, but I did it for you, Jeff. I did it for you, baby Jeff. I did it for you. Yeah, I saw you when you did that. I know you did that because I know everything. You can't trick me, and I still love you. I did it for you. I died for you. I died for you. I bled for you. I was tortured for you. Oh, it's getting me into the Easter spirit. We're not even there yet. We're not even to the resurrection. But the resurrection is such a powerful testimony of love. It's hard to, it's hard to omit it right now. Let's pray. Lord, if everyone could just close your eyes, bow your head, and lift one hand with me if, if you're so inclined. Because when we, when we release to God, when we release control, when we give him our praises, and he gets a hold of our body, a hold of our mouth, a hold of everything, he is going to change us. He is going to change us. Until we do that, we are holding control. And right now, we lift a hand to you, Lord, and we want, we want to recognize what you've done for us. And, God, we want to reciprocate your love to the world as the body. And we have to, we have to, we have to be pure at heart. In order for this church to succeed, we have to be pure. And remember the very first and second commandment before we can move on. Because if we get those wrong, our foundation has got cracks, Lord. Help us take this into our week. Help us take this into our families. Help us take this into our jobs. Help us take this in the car when they cut us off and they, and they make us mad. Help us remember that you love them too, even them. You still love them. I can't hurt what you love. I can't touch what you love because they're your child just like I am. 
be on us now, Lord, as we go out our week. Keep us protected by the blood you have shed. In your mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And if the house of God could say, amen.